Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. So today, the question, the question I got to start with this morning is, how many of you watched a football game Thursday? I'm proud of some of you for actually admitting it, because first service, they're like, okay, so if you watch the game Thursday, right, it started off not so well, if you're a Chiefs fan. Patriots fan looks amazing. If you're if you're not a sports person, just ignore us for a moment. We'll get to you in just a second. But but, but here's the deal, okay? With that game, because see, in life things don't go quite the way you want them often. Okay, in that game, it started off as bad as it could be. Like the Patriots are a pretty good team. They won the Super Bowl last year, that whole thing. Okay, so they take the opening drive and they go down, score a touchdown. The Chiefs run one play. The rookie running back fumbles the ball. A few plays later, you see Brady throw this great pass to Gronkowski. Looks like it's a touchdown. Okay, the Chiefs are going to be down 14-0 in a couple minutes into the game. I'm thinking, let's watch the Royals. No, that's a bad idea too. But Okay, so, so I'm thinking, all right, this is not going to go well. All right, it's going to be. So immediately, I've given up. We're two minutes into the game, two minutes into the season. I'm like, why do you treat me like this? I had so much hope. And at the end of the game, we know how it ends, the end of the game, the one thing you hear in, in Gillette Stadium in, in Foxborough, Massachusetts, is a tomahawk chant going, right? Like crazy, like all the Patriots fans have left the building, and the Chiefs fans are there. Now, most of us would not have stood there at the beginning of that game thinking, that's the way that's going to end. We, maybe you had more faith than I had. I had no faith whatsoever in the Chiefs. But at the end, like you don't start singing your songs in enemy territory until you have a lot of confidence, until you have a lot of faith. And your reality is, when we look at the book of Habakkuk, you're looking at a book that teaches us faith that gives birth to song. So, so, so Habakkuk chapter 3 is a song. It's a prayer. It's a song. It's, 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 it's Habakkuk who, who now has gotten to the point where he's got enough faith in his life that he's like, okay, I can sing. So we're going to get there. And so last week you, you uh, t- talked through Habakkuk 3, 1, and 2. You ended with that. And look, it's not good, right? A little backstory to the deal. A little backstory to Habakkuk for those of you who need to come up to speed. Habakkuk is writing sort of this journal to God in some ways. Things for Judah are about to get bad. They aren't just going to lose to their in-state rival in football or basketball. No, they're going to get captured and carried off into captivity. 
for 70 years, basically become the slaves of the Babylonians, it's going to stink. And Habakkuk knows it. Habakkuk and Judah are being deported out of their own country by an invading army. And there isn't anything they can do about it. Now, I'm not going to ask how many of you started praying at the point in time when the chiefs looked like they were down 14 nothing. But that's essentially all they can do. That's all they have to do. They realize, just like us, that when things get really bad, probably prayer is where we need to be going. We recognize that. We, we see in our own nation, right? When things get bad, people turn toward God. When things are going well, we tend to forget about him. And Habakkuk prays a prayer to God, and we see it in Habakkuk. You ended last week with the first part of Habakkuk, verses 1 and 2, and we'll start with those. This prayer was sung by the prophet Habakkuk. I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again, as you did in years gone by. And in your anger, remember your mercy. Look, this serves as a little reminder that Habakkuk understood how God had helped his people, how he'd helped the people of Judah in the past. He'd heard about God's work. And we're asking God, would you do what you've done before? Basically, Habakkuk is saying, we've, we've seen this story before. I've heard you've delivered. Now, Lord, do it again. One of the key thoughts of the book of Habakkuk and is found in Habakkuk 2.4. And the end of that, the NIV and the older version is the righteous will live by his faith. The righteous will live by faith. That was the key for the people of Judah in 600 BC. It was true for Paul and the followers of Christ in the first century. And it's still true for us today. To live a life pleasing to God, faith is the key. Not blind faith. Not faith in something or someone who can't be trusted. But in God, who has proven himself faithful and who can be trusted. Hebrews 11.6 says this, and it is impossible, impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. There's a reason why, why that verse is located in Hebrews 11, which is basically the hall of fame for people who had great faith in the Bible. You've got Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Joseph. They all lived their lives with faith. Then you get to Moses. Everything about Moses speaks of faith. The escape from Egypt was a step of faith for Moses. As we read Habakkuk 3, I want you to listen 
for the faith in this song. Remembering what what Habakkuk had just prayed in verse 2. I've heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. Habakkuk 3.3. I see God moving across the deserts from Eden. The Holy One coming from Mount Paran. His brilliant splendor fills the heavens. And the earth is filled with his praise. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Now I'll just stop there for just a moment. When I drove this morning here, I drive east if I'm coming here. And as I'm driving east, at about 7.30 this morning, the sun was absolutely beautiful. If you weren't up that early, you missed it. Too bad. Get a picture. But anyway, I'm driving, and the sun is just, just amazing. If you looked east this morning, you saw it, and no no clouds in the sky, not, not a single cloud in the sky. Sun just as beautiful and like, and as you're driving right now on, on like 37th Street, which is where I was going east directly, boy, the sun was just right there. And you see that and you think, his coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. Pestilence marches before him. Plague follows close behind. When he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. He shatters the everlasting mountains and levels the eternal hills. He is the eternal one. I see the people of Kushan in distress and the nation of Midian trembling in terror. Was it in anger, Lord, that you struck the rivers and parted the sea? Were you displeased with them? No. You were sending your chariots of salvation. You brandished your bow and your quiver of arrows. You split open the earth with flowing rivers. The mountains watched and trembled. Onward swept the raging waters. The mighty deep cried out, lifting its hands in submission. The sun and moon stood stood still in the sky as your brilliant arrows flew and your glittering spear flashed. You marched across the land in anger and trampled the nations in your fury. You went out to rescue your chosen people to save your anointed ones. You crushed the heads of the wicked and stripped their bones from head to toe. With his own weapons, you destroyed the chief of those who rushed out like a whirlwind, thinking Israel would be easy prey. You trampled the sea with your horses and your mighty waters, and the mighty waters piled high. I trembled inside when I heard this. My lips quivered with fear. My legs gave way beneath me, and I shook in terror. I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. It ends with a key thought. Habakkuk says, I will wait quietly for the coming day. A disaster will strike the people who invade us. He, he knows that eventually God has promised, eventually they are going to rescue. Eventually they will be set free. Habakkuk is confident that God will do what he said he would do. He had heard God's response and knows God is giving his word. And every bit that he's heard is going to happen. 
So Habakkuk will wait. Now, waiting isn't exactly easy to do. Think of it. Wait? How long am I going to wait? There's limits on everything, right? How long are you going to wait for your food today if you go out to eat? I mean, I'm sure you're not going to start throwing things like a fit or a rage. How long will you wait? I realize Habakkuk is waiting on God. How long are you willing to wait for him? How long are you willing to wait for God to deliver? How long are you willing to wait for God to provide? How long are you willing to wait for him to answer the prayer? But not only is Habakkuk committed to waiting, he says, I will wait quietly. (laughs) Yeah, that's not real easy either, is it? Waiting's bad enough. Waiting quietly add to the the, the problem, I mean, wait quietly? Are you kidding? I want to talk about it. I want to complain about it. I want to complain about how long I've been in the situation I've been in. I want to complain about what's going on. I, I don't really want to wait, nor wait quietly. How long is it, how hard is it to wait when you're waiting on good things? How long and how difficult is it to wait when there's good situations? Waiting's hard. I can only imagine what it would have been like to wait in the situation of Habakkuk and the people of Judah. Carried carried off into captivity for 70 years. That's like an entire lifetime. Wait quietly? I'm sure that's slightly outside the realm of possibility for any of us. Wait quietly for 70 years. But that's what Habakkuk is willing to do. Habakkuk is willing to wait. And there's many instructions throughout the scriptures that talk about waiting and watching and seeing God do what he's promised he will do. Exodus 14, 13. Moses told the people, Don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Unfortunately, that one's today. (laughs) Moses' instructions essentially are to them, stand still. Just wait and watch. Just just watch. You're going to see God deliver. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout this world. Be still. Like there's times in our lives when we need to be still, where we need to wait patiently, where we need to wait for God to answer. We need to wait for God to respond. But that's hard. Habakkuk says, I will wait patiently. I will wait quietly. He could wait patiently because he knew God was at work. 
If you don't have faith that God is at work in the world, you will live with stress, fear, and anxiety. But Habakkuk knew God was at work. Think about even in the midst of our current circumstances and less than ideal circumstances. Like, like when you think about America, here we are in America. Like I know we deal with crime issues, miles and miles of land burning, half a million acres in Montana, in Idaho, burnt. Cities underwater, like, like flooded from hurricanes. It looks bad. And it can be bad. And it is bad. The question is, in the midst of that moment, if that is you and I, and we're not there, we're not living there. But if we're there, or if we've got a friend or a family member there, what do we tell them? How do you respond? Do, do you say, just wait patiently? God knows where you're at. God knows. He sees. He, he knows what you're going through. And he does. There, there's no promise of easy. But what we see from Habakkuk, the righteous will live by faith. It doesn't mean you don't do smart things like evacuate. Um, you know, if it's coming, you know, in, in our world, if, if there's tornadoes, doesn't mean we necessarily should go out and watch them. And if that's you, God bless you, but I don't think there's any promises there from God, okay? I mean, you know, you could end up flying through the air and be on deal. But there's no promises in your basement either. What it means is that no matter what we experience, God is at work. If you have faith, then you're going to have this confidence that God is going to walk with you through it, no matter what it means. Look, look, no matter what happens, you're going to have that faith. See, and then Habakkuk goes on, he writes, in verse 17. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Now, is there any worse description? I mean, you could describe similar thoughts right here in Kansas and it would be ugly, right? I mean, when you look at it, I mean, just think around here. Okay, if there's no f crops in the fields, there's no wheat, no corn, uh, there's no... Fig trees, we don't have those, but I mean, you know, I mean, you get the picture here. There's nothing on the trees. There's no fruit on the trees. There, there's no grapes on the vines. There's an olive crop. The cattle are dead in the fields. The barns are empty. It's an ugly description of life. But he says, even though, even though all these things are true, even though all this stuff is going to happen, even though all that stuff is what we're going to walk through, 
Verse 18 says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Now, now, it can't get much worse than he's describing, and yet his response is, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. See, if you know who Jesus is, if you know what he's done for you, in the midst of all kinds of nutty circumstances, you can rejoice in the Lord. You can be joyful in the God of your salvation. Because our circumstances do not determine our joy. Our relationship with our Savior determines that. Verse 19 says, The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Even though things didn't look good, Habakkuk says, I will rejoice. Paul taught it this way. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. Be thankful in all circumstances. Well, except for no. Be thankful in all circumstances. Look, how... If you're in Houston, or if you're going to be in Tampa, or you were in Key West, how do you do that? How are you thankful in all circumstances? God doesn't always change the circumstances, but he can change us to meet the circumstances. God doesn't always change the circumstances, but he can change us to meet the circumstances. That's what it means to live by faith. It means in the midst of things that look crazy, you trust him. He also writes, the sovereign Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. In everything we go through, God will be our strength. If we are living by faith, we will see God's hand in our lives, even when things aren't going the way we think they ought to be. Look, if you have goals in this life, and your goals are to be successful, or your goals are to attain certain things, and you don't attain them, you will not be able to praise God. If that's what your focus is on, then your ability to praise God in the midst of that is going to be, well, diminished. Your ability to praise God is going to be taken away. Look, if your goal is to be close to God, then you can praise Him in all circumstances no matter what transpires. In fact, the difficulty will often compel you closer to him. If you look at in your lives, there are probably times in your life when poverty, sickness, difficulty, loss pushed you closer to God than you would have ever gotten on your own. 
And through that, you became a worshiper. See, it's in those moments when we recognize that our sinfulness has separated us from God, that we recognize that only through Christ do we have salvation, that we become worshipers. But we also are faced with, are we going to keep worshiping in the midst of difficulty? And Habakkuk says, even if all my food, all my crops, all my job, all my affluence, all my success, all my security goes away, I will sing to God. Why? Because I'm closer to him. Because now I trust him. It's faith. He says while he, why he will rejoice in the end of verse 18. He says, I will be joyful in God, my Savior. I know when things are going tough, it's hard to talk about my Savior. Because it doesn't look like he's saving you. But in reality, he's already done so. He's already saved us. If God never did another thing for you, other than sending Jesus to die on the cross and save you from your sins, the question is, would you have enough to sing about? Would you have enough to sing forever? Would you have enough to worship him forever? Would you have enough? Or does, does it demand that he do good things for you here on this planet in order for you to worship him? In order for me to worship him? Is, is, is our worship contingent on the things that God provides for us in this life? Or is it already in what he's done for us already? And Habakkuk recognizes that every one of us has to recognize as well. The righteous will live by faith. In the midst of everything, we need to live by faith. And when we have faith, it will give birth to song. When we have faith, it will rise up within us that we will worship. We will sing his praise. Well, this morning... We want to finish this service just a slight bit different than normal. We want you to actually sit and listen to a song for just a moment. We're, we're, we're going to have you listen to a song that comes from Habakkuk chapter 3. Pastor Michael and Nathan are going to lead it. Pastor Josh wrote this for this conclusion of this series of Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3 is a song and we're going to sing it. First you're going to listen and eventually you're going to not, maybe some of you are in the room today and you don't feel like singing because maybe things aren't where you want them to be. That's when faith arises. That's when faith gives birth to song. The, the things may not be where you want them to be. They, they may not be how you envision them to be at this moment. But faith gives birth to song. The song is the earth will sing. And honestly, when you walk out of here today, you'll be able to pull out your phone, go to our website, and you'll be able to click on music. And you'll be able to play it for yourself. 
It's already recorded, already out there and available, and eventually we'll figure out how to get it into your iTunes for you. But the point is, you're going to hear the thought of Habakkuk 3 in this song. And you're going to see, and I trust, my prayer and our prayer has been that as we've walked through this series in Habakkuk that we planned months ago, that you would see chaos reigning in our world and your faith would give birth to song and your hearts would rise with faith and you would see God work. So would you listen as they lead us through the words on the screen and you can start singing at any point, but, but once they've been through it one time, we're going to invite the prayer teams to come and allow you to have prayer time and all those things, but would you just take a moment and allow this to sink into your life? That faith gives birth to song.
may not feel like singing at the moment. Sing it as a song of faith. Of faith that your God knows exactly where you are. And even though in Habakkuk's time and in the 70 years, God did some pretty cool and amazing things. He'll still do cool and amazing things for you and I, even in the midst of chaos. Because he's aware of where we are. He's made some promises to us. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Christ Jesus. He, he's made some commitments to you and I. He will help us. He's not going to leave us on our own. But even if we go through great difficulty, will we still sing? Will we still live lives of faith? This morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to worship, but also if you need prayer this morning, for any reason whatsoever, you're going through a difficult moment. You know what? I'm confident in this. My God still heals today. We're not calling out to a God who is unable. We're calling out to a God who is able. Look, the worst case scenario is he does nothing. But he's already done something. The best case scenario is he heals us. It's temporary. But he heals us. He will do great things. Habakkuk knew it. And I trust you believe it. I want you to be the place where you know it. God will be your lead. His brilliance fills the air. His power and glory demonstrate in our lives. He still wants to do that today. Do you stand this morning? If you'd like prayer for any reason, the worship team prayer team will be here at the front. Michael and Nathan will lead us again and uh, they will lead us in worship and whatever we can do. Worship the Lord. Honor Him. God bless you. I've heard all about you, God. I'm filled with all by your words in our time of need. Help us like you've always done. The brilliant splendor fills the air, and the earth will sing of it. Glory is like the sunrise, and the earth will sing of it. The brilliant splendor fills the air, and the earth will sing of it. The sunrise and the earth will sing of it. Were you angry when you parted the sea? No, you sent your salvation. You rescue your people. You defeat our enemies. The brilliant splendor fills the air and the earth will sing of it glory is like the sunrise and 
Sing of it, glory is like the sunrise. 